let's begin with key point number one. Key point number one, and there's five this morning, by the way. Key point number one is this. Jonah cries out for help. Jonah cries out for help. Let's look at how he cries out for help. Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. Now let's, again, let's pause there just for a moment because there's something interesting that takes place here. Have you noticed that many times our prayers are not necessarily born out of affection, but rather born out of affliction? And what I mean by that is we don't always just go before the Lord because, Lord, I love you, thank you, amen. A lot of times our prayers are prayers of affliction. God, I'm dealing with this mess. Uh, Something's gone wrong in my life and I'm struggling and I'm dealing with this. And you call on God, not just out of affection. In fact, that's probably not on your mind at the moment. You know, Jonah wasn't thinking, you know, how, how good God is at this moment that he's sitting in the belly of a whale. What's he thinking? You know, oh, look where I'm at. Oh, look what's happened. And he cries out in affliction. So a lot of times our prayers are not born out of affection. They're born out of affliction. And that's not a bad thing. But I don't want, I don't know that I want all of my prayers to the Lord to be born out of affliction. Let me give you an example in my, in my life of uh, my relationship with my parents. You know, I never, I never want to be the son that only calls on mom and dad when I'm having trouble and I need their help to bail me out of something, right? I don't want to be that son. So early on, I decided, listen, I, you know, uh, Cheryl and I, got, we were engaged at 19. We were married at 20. Uh, we had Carson uh, at 20, age 21. And so we were very, very young, starting a family. And even then, I can, I can remember thinking, okay, I've, I have now left my parents and I'm cleaving to my wife. And I don't want to be only calling my parents if I have some, something going wrong. So I made a commitment way back then. I want to call my mom and dad on a regular basis. And basically what I did, call them on a weekly basis. In fact, if you were to ask my mom, what's the first thing out of my mouth when I call once a week, uh, the first thing that I typically ask is, what's new in Beaverdam? You know, what's new, what's new going on in the metropolis of Beaverdam, Kentucky, you know? And I always get the same response, oh, nothing's new. And, uh, and it's quite funny, the newspapers there, you know, you'll read things like, you know, you'll open up, and I kid you not, uh, you know, you can read the newspaper and it'll say, you know, Joe and Sally uh, went to the local Pizza Hut and had dinner uh, together. They had leftovers and took it home for the next day. And I was glad to know that Joe and Sally enjoyed the night out on the town of enjoying uh, some Pizza Hut and had leftovers and thought it worthy to put in the Ohio County Times. But, and I am not exaggerating one iota when I say that. Uh, I can show you some clippings of that. We, my mom and I often sends clips and takes pictures and sends them to me out of uh, humor. But anyway, my point is, do I just want to call my parents in times of affliction? No. No. Why? Because I have a relationship with them that I want to call upon them in times of affection. 
And I think that Jonah, even though we see him in this snapshot of calling upon the Lord in his affliction, um, he knew what to do. He knew that he needed to call upon the Lord in this moment. In fact, I want us to consider in the, the theme of redemption, the unbeliever must first come to the Lord in his affliction before he can come before the Lord in his affection. That's part of the redemption process. In fact, there has to come a point where you are in your affliction and you come to a point where you recognize, I can't do this alone. I cannot do this apart from him. And in that affliction, it prompts us to call upon him and he responds. And when he responds, we develop that relationship. So oftentimes, our very first time to call upon God is not a calling upon him because of the affection that we have for him. The reason we often call upon him is because of the affliction in our life. And because of that affliction, we cry out to him and he responds. So Jonah was in the depths of the sea and he was experiencing the hopelessness that the mariners felt. And he was experiencing the helplessness of the people of Nineveh. And he calls upon God in his own affliction. Jonah cries out to God for help. Key point number two then is this. Jonah responds to God's discipline. He cries out in affliction, cries out for help. And now what does he do? He responds to God's discipline. Let's look at verse 3. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. So let me ask you a question. Who threw Jonah into the sea? Huh. Who threw Jonah into the sea? Let me ask you another question. Who put Jesus on the cross? Those are two different questions that have a very complex answer, right? In fact, we probably would have multiple answers for both of those. We would probably, you know, if I say, who threw Jonah into the sea? Some of you would say, well, clearly it was the pagan mariners. They were the ones that they physically threw him over. Then others of you say, God did it. God was the one that divinely made this appointment. God threw him over. Others of you might say, it was Jonah. Jonah in that moment said, just throw me over, throw me over. And Jonah volunteered himself. So in a real sense, you might say all of those are responsible for throwing Jonah over, overboard. And in the same way, who put Jesus on the cross? Well, you might say that it was Pontius Pilate. You might say it was the crowd that screamed out, crucify him. You might say it was God that put him there because it was a divine appointment. You might say it was me that put him there. And the answer to that question is really all of those, right? It's all of it. In fact, in some way, we're all responsible for putting Christ on the cross. And in the same way, there are multiple people here uh, that is de that's dealing with Jonah, but and when Jonah addresses it, listen again, for you cast me into the deep, 
into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me, and all your billows and your waves passed over me. He recognizes in this moment of affliction that God has a supreme role in all of this. He has a significant role. There's not a single answer to these questions, but on the one hand, the mariners did physically throw him out, and on the other hand, it was the providential hand of God that threw Jonah into the sea. But there's one more hand that did what? That put Jesus to the cross, and that would be you and me. It's our hand. And it is when we have this realization that our hands, that we are part of that process, that our hands put Jesus on the cross, that we begin to understand that God's discipline was poured out on Jesus. A discipline that should have been ours. So Jonah then, at the hand of the mariners, at the hand of God, even at his own choosing, is thrown overboard. But ultimately he realizes that that, that God's discipline is being poured on him and he has to respond to it. So when we think of in our affliction we're in our affliction we cry out to God in our affliction and then we recognize the circumstances around us that brought us there are often divine action 